Hey guys, so welcome to another episode of Verbal Diarrhea. This is the part two that is so infamous that we talked about in the earlier episode. In this episode, we're going to be unpacking five more survival tips or ways to tackle white spaces. Um, so please stay tuned and listen. Hope you enjoy it. The next point is have a mentor who can give you some validation. Find someone in the space or outside of the space who will listen when you need to be listened to. I know for me, it was instrumental in escaping, in not escaping, in surviving the white spaces I was in. My mentor, coincidentally, was a white woman, but she was a white woman who understood my struggles as a person dealing with childhood trauma. And she was also a white woman who understood her privilege and who understood her privilege due to skin and also due to many other and economical and social means. So you have to find a mentor and I'm not saying this mentor has to be a white person. This mentor can be whoever you feel will best help you in your circumstance. And don't be afraid to approach these people. Oftentimes, being asked to be someone's mentor is a huge compliment. And it's not as much of a burden. In Mm. fact, it's not a burden at all. If anything, it's a growth experience both for you and the person who you asked to be your mentor. This is so true because I met somebody and they were talking about how they had a mentor and whatever. And I was like, yeah, this is actually crazy. We should all have mentors. Like, even outside the racial and political arena, we should have mentors for other things as well, like career building, emotional balance, whatever. Like, I don't know why it's such a strange thing. Like, people should have mentors because most times we don't know what we're doing. And you get so confused with the small things because you're like, wait, what? How did this? How did I miss that? When somebody could have easily just told you, no, don't go there, go here. So the thing is, in a white space, I actually mm. didn't find or had have any mentor. The thing is, for me, my mentor was myself because I'm so great and amazing. But actually, it was it was um, reading up on political heroes, Bob Marley, Malcolm X, um, Kenyatta from Kenya. I don't know his name. Let me think about this. But like other, like just empowering myself by reading about, you know, the old heroes I passed on and everything. And it gave me strength because in most cases, I felt like, I was made to feel like I was in fear because I was black. So going back and like reading at these people that have literally changed the world because they're black, you know, it changed the way I saw myself and I saw everything. So if you can't find a mentor, you can also do that. They build you up. They give you the courage. Mm. And like what I just said, validation, like your feelings are not stupid because I actually was, I wasn't particularly gaslighted, but I was made to feel like, I was looking it too deep. I was being too sensitive. When I now that I'm speaking about it, this is actually more healing for me than anything else that I've ever discussed with anyone else because everybody else made it seem like you have nothing to worry about, all the lectures like you, and they did. But it wasn't about the lectures, it wasn't about the people, it was about the space, it's about the feeling that you mm-hmm. can never describe to somebody that doesn't feel it. So you need somebody to validate you. And for me, speaking of mentors, I'd say Varad has actually been a mentor. Um, I wish she was there earlier, but she's the one that was like, no, this is racist, this is bad. She made me feel like I wasn't being too sensitive and I wasn't being looking at it too deep or 
like just being too sensitive with all these things. So I think it is important, even if it's not like an accomplished person in your field or whatever, just somebody, even a friend who can tell you like, no, you're right. What you're saying is right. And I feel like that's, that can be enough. Try and create the safe spaces for yourself and for other black yeah. people. That's our next tip. Like, like, like Jen and I did for each other, because it was mm. definitely reciprocal. Because I remember last year when I was finally, because the year I had been at our university for a year before I started my degree, it was a foundation program that I did because your girl failed English, but that's a podcast for another day. Um, I was at, at, for the first couple of weeks of my degree, mm. I was the only black person in my class. Like, Black mm. people listening to this will understand. Yeah. POC listening to this will understand. But it's the most it isolating thing to be the only... It's intimidating it as all heck to be the only Black person in a space. So if if you can, try and create a safe space for yourself and other POC and other Black people... You can also contact us as well and we can help facilitate a safe space for you so that you have people who are listening to you and who sometimes can relate, sometimes can't, but either way, be a listening ear, be a sounding board, be a support because it's really important in these spaces to have. This is what you said now really resonated with me because like what you said, like it's intimidating. And I'm not sure, and I cannot speak for white people, how they feel if they walk into a room full of black people only. I have no idea how that, because I'm not white. But it's a similar, like, if you're not a black person, but you are a female or women or somebody that has a feminine gender expression, just feel, just think about how you feel when you walk in a room full of males that are identifying as men. It's just like the highest masculinity that they can. Like, it's that same feeling. Um, I think also certain situations reflect and sometimes I want to say accentuate some things that we feel inside ourselves. But for me, being in a white space kind of, it's kind of like I didn't walk directly into it like you did where you were the only black person on the first day. We were six black people and we're all females and I'm pretty sure we were identified as women. And we were all just, there were six of us. I felt no pressure. And we were, I was, I'm Zimbabwean. I have another friend who's Zimbabwean. And there was somebody else who was, I think it was a Zulu person. And it was beautiful because before it was like, oh, Zimbabwean people, you know, now we were just black. Like we were seriously black people. Like I've never been black until that moment. And no one cared what language or where you were from, which for me was a bit of a relief because I don't know, like at that point, I was just not comfortable in my heritage being a Zimbabwean person and I actually found solace in being just black because it meant it came with no pressure of being anything other than. But then slowly but surely, we all started to leave and people started to leave in the first few years. The, the degree ran for three years. It's a three-year program. And in the end, well, not in the end, actually by second, second year, I was the only black person left. Like being the only black person left, there was so much pressure because I felt like, like what you said, it's intimidating because it felt like everything I was doing was representing like every other black person that all these white kids were ever going to meet. 
it I felt like I was sitting in a seat where mm. I needed to fix or like I needed to, I couldn't say something stupid I, I couldn't let myself get a bad grade I wouldn't want to wear something that's too provocative mm. I didn't want to wear something that was too prude I'd be so it really did a lot to me because at the time I was also suffering from low self-esteem so obviously those two don't go together and it was terrible because it's like I was like if I do something bad if I just wink with the wrong eye it's gonna change the world for the next 300 years of how kids are gonna and how these people are gonna see black people so I was representing all black people in this small space it was it's not the best feeling I don't think anyone would ever want to be in that position unless it was a sense of like I don't know I don't know where you find the pride to like want to represent every single person, but it it's not a good feeling at all. Mm. But yeah, I think it's important for you to create a safe space, like what I just said, and find people. For me, I had to find people outside the class, like what I just saw, and other people um, that are also of color, but not only people of color, also allies, white people who could like sympathize with me and tell me like, yeah, you're right. What the lecture did was wrong. What mm. so so and so said was wrong. Like you're not. You're not crazy for thinking that. And also know, like, okay, these are the people I go to. Like, protect yourself in this situation because don't go to people that are going to gaslight you. So if you know, okay, my mom yeah. doesn't understand racism, don't go to her. My dad is just going to say kumbaya, don't go to him. My brother doesn't really get it. Don't go to them as well. Like, go to somebody that you know, okay, this person knows what I'm talking about. Because this is now about you. It's not about anybody else. Okay, so for the next point, inform yourself to be able to identify white spaces. Because a lot of the time, the concept of this area right here as a white space is subliminally communicated to you. It will often take you by surprise. I know, for me, even though I was aware of race and race relations from a very young age, I wasn't aware that I was... I was almost unaware that I was the other until even my closest friends at the time were starting to display like support for certain people and social structures Mm. that I didn't agree with. So inform yourself. Even if you're listening to this and you're saying you girls talking about your white Mm. spaces, y'all just creating problems, read on it first. Read first and then make your decision on what to believe. Yeah, I really feel Go terrible on. that we put this all the way in here. I feel like it should be one of the first tips. So if you are writing these tips down or the way we're going to put it mm-hmm. in our social media, we're going to put this as one of the first few ones. It's important for you to inform yourself. I think in any kind of growth, mm-hmm. but also in any kind of healing, definitions are important. You need to be able to express what you feel. Expression is the highest form of nutrition. Mm. So if you cannot express what you feel, even if it's not expressing to someone but to yourself or define what you feel, there's a lot of boundaries that you create for yourself and a lot of barriers to the growth and healing that can happen. Because I didn't know what a white space was and until only a few months ago. I have no idea how what I don't knew what it was. I did not know what white fragility was. I did not know what... I know people who don't know what colorism is and it hurts me because I'm like, you're a dark-skinned woman that doesn't know what colorism is. So when people insult you or bully you under certain pretenses that you're not as attractive because you're dark-skinned, what do you say to yourself? Like, how do you process that if you don't know what colorism is? 
Do you understand? So that's why it's important for you to inform yourself, educate mm. yourself. Like when you have knowledge and you realize, oh my God, I'm actually really good at my job, but I'm being treated like other, or I'm being othered because this is a white space. So this is not my fault. And I know a lot of us are living in an egoic state. And that's why this hurts so much because our egos mm. and our minds take everything personally. No matter what age you are, it takes so much maturity for you to be able mm. to detach yourself from external things and taking them as personally as most of us do, especially at this age, like everything is personal. Why did Beyonce not drop that album? That's I'm personally hurt. So it's everything is personal. So once you start understanding that there's some of these things that you took so personally, like I'm not enough, I'm not smart enough, I need to work harder because I'm black. Actually, I have nothing to do with you. It's been a social structure that's been existing for centuries to put you down, to make you feel exactly how you feel. Logically submissive to a system that is working against you. But if you don't know how to express this, how are you going to be able to process or move past it? So if you know words and definitions and concepts, it will help you heal and move forward and also create a space for you to understand that, okay, but this is not my fault. And this is not me. Why? Because how are you going to stand up for yourself? How would you go to the workplace and say, you guys don't like the way you guys make me feel? And then they ask you why. You have no definitions. You have no understanding. It's just a feeling. Because I feel unwanted. Okay, but why? I feel like you guys don't hear me. Okay, but why? Because this is a white space. Say it. It needs to be like a gun to the head when you say these things and you point them out when you're standing up for yourself it needs to be like precise you need to you need to and i'm not saying you need to be like super smart or anything but understand and then in some cases and this is not to gaslight anybody i know where this is going you actually find that you are not in a white space you're actually maybe not as a good employee or not as hardworking student as you think and you tell yourself oh i heard writers and jade for talking about a white space so that's the reason i'm failing no understand what it is and then move from there and moving on with the flames the fire here's our next point decolonize your mind and stop seeking white validation for your experience (laughs) did y'all hear that stop seeking white validation for your existence recognizing white spaces is one thing but you can't let it completely define your existence understand Mm -hmm. sometimes the privilege that you have as a black person, as a light student person, even as a pretty person, like understand mm. the privilege hierarchies that apply to you. I think I just want to continue Go. with the privilege hierarchy thing. You need to understand it definitely because this is some of the points I think where, like for instance, you never might have, I don't say accent privilege, but I think we're more we perceive to be more eloquent. We're not. Actually, that is, I don't even like when people tell me, oh, you speak such good English. It's insulting. It's so insulting. And I never used to know that it was insulting. Like I said, I think I said it earlier that I wanted people to like notice it. Like I would always be like, like in our language, I think they say, I don't know, like you're speaking out of your nose. <laughs> so it's like that thing of wanting to be seen mm. so much by it's not even even a white people thing. Like, please don't be some 25-year-old listening to this or some 18-year-old listening to this that is still centering your life around 
anything other than yourself. Yes, you can love. Yes, you can be heard. Yes, you can stand mm. strong in your relationships. But you don't have to center anything or anyone other than yourself. Your life is literally about you. Like the moment you get that, everything else falls away. Mm. Wanting validation from anyone. And in the white spaces um, topic, wanting white man validation is like one of the biggest it's, I think it's on every black kid's Christmas list. Every BIPOC, BIPOC Christmas list is, oh my gosh, mm. if my white lecturer could just call me smart, if this person could just do this, could just do that, you're not going to be perceived as not being black or not being colored or not being Indian or whatever. Mm-hmm. You are still you. The only thing that you're losing here is, I would say, the dignity, like, honestly. So if you do everything that we told you, be kind to yourself, kind of recognize that space, inform yourself, but you still go and you still seek for the validation of anyone else and yourself, especially white authorities in white spaces, get out of here. Just go. Go. Maybe go. don't go, but please <laughs> reevaluate your point of view <laughs> because you're not helping anyone. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping anyone who comes after you. You're not even helping those white people. In fact, you're doing a great disservice to those white people you worship because I don't know if anyone else is paying attention, but white supremacy is being confronted and slowly dismantled. So um, (laughs) get woke, you know, like wake the F up because (laughs) it's not... (laughs) working it's not working for you it may work for like one instance or it may work for a little bit of time but it stops working eventually so our next point relating to the previous point do not gaslight other black people and people of color about their experiences you're denying their reality and yours it is painful it is hurtful and it is unnecessary. If another black person or person of color comes to you and says, this and this happened with this and that white person, am I crazy for feeling this way? Do not invalidate them. It, it, you could end up being more psychologically this, helpful than this. That really does fall in with the white man validation thing oh. because you're so. <laughs> Why am I getting so passionate? You're so obsessed with keeping this reality that everything is okay. We're all equal. Kumbaya, kumbaya. It's not. Wake up, smell the roses. They are filled with white supremacy and patriarchy. That's the smell of the roses this morning. The thing about gaslighting other people, Mm. you are dismantling not only their safe space, but your own. Listen, there's a lot of instances where I'll tell you guys, you guys don't get mad at me. There's instances where Raja came to me and she was like, we're talking about one person and we're not going to name the person. And I had a friend who was to this um, celebrity, a YouTuber. And Raja says to me, that YouTuber is racist. And I'm like, Raja, I love this YouTuber. At least I want to love the YouTuber because it's a point of relation for me and this other friend that I have. And for so long, I was like, I don't know why I was just saying that, but I think this YouTuber has changed. 
it's, that was then, this is now. And the friend that I was with was like, and she's saying this, and she's also a person of color. She's white passing, but person of color. And <clears throat> she says, no, that was in the past. It doesn't matter. This YouTuber is different now. And I was stuck. I was really stuck between a, oh, mm. the mud and the dirt. Because, okay, I'm not going to sing the whole song, but you know the song I'm talking about. And it was it was really hard for me to want to think, why is where I just these things and why is this other person saying these things and why do we keep on wanting to want to invalidate other people's experiences if you if someone comes to you and they say i think so-and-so is super racist to see the way that they were looking at so-and-so and acting so-and-so and every time i spoke up they would do this and that. you don't say yeah but that's just the way they are because they're that person is an asshole they're just an asshole to everybody no think about it and be like i didn't even notice it Wow, next time I'll look out for it. The real reason why y'all want white man validation for so much is because y'all don't support each other. You don't support each other. And I feel like I'm not really blaming people of color for being in the condition and in the place that we are. But I think to some extent, we need to put a foot forward and a foot of support. Where if somebody comes up to you and they are saying the craziest things, they're like, oh my gosh, the teacher said the white boy was bad. I think it was racist. Your first thing shouldn't be like, you're crazy. Why is everything going to be about racism? Blah, 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 blah. You're literally deflecting. Why? Think. Think. Why would this person say this? And why didn't I see it? What does this mean? Evaluate. Analyze. You should do this with everything in your life. But people, when it comes to political things, everybody becomes so defensive. Nobody wants to think. Nobody wants to critique. Everything is like, oh, I hate Trump. Yeah, I hate Trump. Why? Why do you hate Trump? We hate Trump for this and so okay, thank you. Now I know. I also hate Trump because this and I truly do hate Trump. And oh, now because oh Biden. Oh, we love Biden. But why do you hate Biden? Why do you love Biden? Because he's not Trump. That's not a good reason to love Biden. You need to have real reasons. You need to analyze, criticize, and even evaluate your own thoughts and your own thought process. So if somebody comes to you and they tell you there's a friend and a person that did this, this and this, and I'm thinking the reason the person came to you is not because they wanted to jump into thinking, oh, this person is definitely racist. Nobody, like, no black person, this is white people listening, we never want to think you're racist. We never, it takes us so long to come to the conclusion that you've been racist or this is a white space or that we've been discriminated against because nobody wants to feel like they're being discriminated against. Nobody wants to feel that. We don't open, openly wake up in the morning, oh, I wonder who's going to be racist to me today so I can go off. This is my whole personality change going off with racism. No, we don't like that. We hate it. We hate experiencing it. We even hate thinking about it more. It's exhausting. No, I see it's exhausting. It's, it's emotionally like, draining because I don't want to see and be like, Chad is definitely racist. Nothing. It's like you see this actions and you, it takes so long. It's a whole process for us to even come to that conclusion. And even after I've put so much energy into even coming up with this hypothesis, I go to a fellow black person. Who I, I came to you because I know that you are in the same situation. There's a reason I came to you and you tell me, man, Chad is not racist, he's just an asshole. That is not, that is not what I wanted you to What you can tell me is, oh, I didn't notice, but I'll look out for it more. And the next time you see Chad being racist, say something, support me. And what I hate more than people de- devaluing what I feel or what I'm saying by telling me, oh, no, he's just an asshole. That's not real. I think you're just being too sensitive. Oh, it's because it's white. Everybody thinks white people are not allowed to even be assholes because they, they, they assholes, they're racist. No. Tell me what, oh, what makes me more angry is when I'm in class and there's six, seven of us and you, 
you all black and some of your 50 98 percent of yours and i'm talking about oh we support black lives matter i see the blue skin i see the black skin on your instagram but the moment that i try to speak up to stand up for myself literally stand up for myself but it's quiet it's crickets behind me it's crickets and that sucks even more than you devaluing what i say to devalue my experience because it's like I'm not just standing up for your black. You say you're an ally, but you're going to do nothing and say nothing while I'm standing here. That's fine. I'll do it myself then. But then don't come to me talking about I'm an ally. I'm for the cause. Don't even talk to me after that. I'm deleting your number. I'm blocking you on Instagram. I'm blocking you everywhere. Don't talk to me. It's over. You know what? Everything Jen just said, complete truth. Because I've had these experiences. Like, even while planning who we're going to have on this podcast, I approached certain people in my life and they were all on some I, I don't I don't want to do it and it's like you don't want to discuss the ways in which racism affected you in these white spaces what is that what is that even saying like I understand but I also don't anyway moving on our last point and this is a point that a lot of people are reluctant to admit to BEE and affirmative action do not insulate you from racism. Do not let your economic and social privilege lull you into a false sense of security. What we mean by this is a lot of Black people get to a point when they start being successful where their economics are taken Mm. care of. So they think just because they move into the white Mm. areas, they move or employed in this predominantly white company, they are getting more funding to universities when whatever than white people so that they can educate themselves. They think that this is all signaling mm. the end of racism. They mm. think that you're ne- that they're never going to experience racism from this point yeah. on in their in their professional and personal capacities. And I'm here to tell you that is false. An example I can give you is I don't know if everybody mm. knows this actress, but you probably should because she's pretty big. Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union is an American actress and she wrote a memoir a couple of years ago about her life growing up. And she wrote about how her parents thought them moving into an mm. affluent neighborhood would insulate them from instances of police brutality. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Her father was still stopped. Her brothers were still stopped. And anyone who has paid attention in the last year knows that being rich will not protect Black people from racism. Me living in Durbanville, which is a pretty affluent area in the Western Cape, and going to a private school didn't stop me from having racist experiences. It didn't stop me from feeling out of place in white spaces. Having money has never protected a person from racism. You can lie to yourself as much as you want to, but the truth and the reality you will eventually have to confront yourself with. I think it's about, it doesn't, it really doesn't, money has never protected anyone if you're a person of color, money is just a characteristic to you. It doesn't give you white privilege in any sense. So aside from that, what I find is that, and this is not to attack my kings, 
like black men have the same mindset where I can be successful. I could get a degree in a hard time. That means racism doesn't exist. White people are not plotting against us like the way you would say. And that's the thing I'm talking about. It's the same thing as gaslighting when you don't recognize that your economic privilege, your pretty privilege, your light skin privilege is not, doesn't mean there's no racism. And also because, yes, you can go into a white neighborhood where all the white people are just, oh my God, they love you. You go to a white school and all the people are like, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. You're so beautiful and exotic. Those are other forms of racism with to another day. And they just love you and you're like, oh my God, I'm so proud to be black because they love my blackness. That doesn't mean the experiences of others are not real. That doesn't mean that racism has ended because you are not experiencing it. And like what Valerie just said, they, your economic status does not mm-hmm. insulate you from racism in any way. You will still face racism. And just because you don't see it, you're not opening your eyes, you're not using your nose to smell it, does not mean it's there. Your kitchen can burn. Just because you say it's not burning, doesn't mean it's not burning. The reality is white spaces are toxic, will always be toxic. And as long as they are there, they will always be toxic. Don't, let me go back to my first point about black men um, always um, invalidating the experiences of other people of color by saying that, oh, I could get a job in so-and-so company. I could get hired in so-and-so. I, I graduated so-and-so and so. So that means that racism doesn't exist because I've been so successful. Convenient. You're successful because you're successful. Mm-hmm. You're not successful because racism is no longer there. You are devaluing your own intelligence and your own hard work mm. because you think that you could only get this opportunity because of equality exists. No, you actually had to work six times harder than the person next to you to be in that position. Did you ever think about that? No, you didn't. You probably didn't realize it. And the thing that I hate the most, and I find it mm. not to be, it's, it's like I said, it's not an attack on the melanated kings and the kings of color, but you guys are the least open to the idea of racism. For some reason, I find that males and men and people of masculine expression don't like facing or talking about racism as much. You find that I found that in my social circle, they deny it and say, as long as you work harder, you just need to go hard and you just need to go off. That's the, the racism isn't, even if they do recognize that racism is real, they, don't, they have no desire, mm. most of them. And this is not, like I said, this is not a camp, cure men, whatever, all men are bad. This is not an insult to anyone. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm here to be corrected. Mm. But in most cases, when I'm arguing about racism with black people, it's black men telling me that you just need to work harder, rise above the oppression, rise above the what? How about getting rid of the oppression so I can live my life in equality and peace and tranquility? It's not about that. It's not, it's really not. And yeah, so there is no, racism is there, whether or not you're rich, racism is there, whether or not you're pretty and you're beautiful and you're white and you're white, racism is there, okay? Look at it in the eye, dismantle it, do what you can. If you feel like, oh, I'm not so political, please, you cannot be black, a person of color, an indigenous person, a person belonging to the LGBTQIA, a person that is of a non non-heteronormative gender expression or sexuality and tell me you're not political you're living in a life of denial don't talk to me period (laughs) their existence is a form of politics let's talk about that another day but yeah
guys so now you've listened to two episodes of us giving you tips and tricks and confronting you about the ways in which you know white privilege um <laughs> we hope once again this was helpful and we hope you'll continue to share these podcast episodes and you continue to share this knowledge you get 